Welcome and shalom, everyone. Blessings to you. The beginning of a new week. And we just pray that your Shabbat was fulfilled, that it was restful, and the Father was able to restore you in all the needs that you were seeking him for. We had a beautiful Shabbat. The sun has been shining. The spring is on its way. I will say Friday evening was a little bit dicey. We woke up about 1.30 to some strange noises and alarms. And after checking the weather, we decided to spend some time in our closet. And uh, we had known that some serious storms and tornadoes were coming through. And it actually was about 15 miles from our home where a large tornado did touch down. And I think up to maybe 30 homes were destroyed. Uh, just out kind of in a country area, we used to go to a, a really neat little restaurant out there. Uh, it was part of a 200-year-old meal, uh, really beautiful little area, and unfortunately that was destroyed as well. Uh, so it's just very humbling to see the power of nature and know that Yahweh is protecting us. He's sheltering us under his wings. We do lift up and pray for anyone that was affected by the storms whether they lost loved ones uh, or their belongings. It is a t difficult thing to go through, uh, a scary thing as well. But we just have to trust in Yah and know that He will protect us. He will shelter us from the storms. And when we make it out of the storms, like I said, it's been a beautiful, sunny two days. And so uh, just another way to understand that when we're going through life's struggles, it can seem very dark and turbulent. Uh, maybe even dangerous, but when we can get through that, when we allow Yah to guide us through the storm, it is beautiful and sunny on the other side. And so we're just thankful for the opportunity each and every day to wake up, to take that first breath in in the morning, to give him the glory and praise for it, and to shine our light wherever we go, whoever we encounter. We hope that this Passover that it's approaching us this week is a blessing for each and every one. We're so excited about it. We have been preparing. We're looking forward to getting together with some friends here locally. Uh, and so we're excited for what that brings and what the Father is going to show us in this new season ahead. We're just really looking forward to it. Let me say hello to the chat. I see some comments going on here. We've got Asia. Good morning. And Andrea, great to see you both. Lifting you guys up in prayer. Let's see, we've got Eric. Good morning, brother. Good to see you. Glad you are here as well. He says, it does feel like the spiritual attack has stepped up its efforts. And that is so true, especially in this time. I'll tell you, the last couple of Passover seasons for us uh, have been extreme as far as the weather goes. Many of you probably have heard our various testimonies to that. Uh, the first Passover we ever did, we had a horrific hailstorm right over our house as we were in the middle of our Passover meal. Uh, and then the year after that, we were uh, all camping, gathered with some friends to be baptized that morning of Passover. And um, the night before, a tornado literally passed over us there while we were camping in tents on the lake. Uh, and just another great example of the Father sheltering us, protecting us, hiding under, hiding us under his wing, as he says he will. Uh, it was a beautiful and terrifying event, but 
wow, it really allowed us to grow even closer to him, knowing that he is the creator of all. He has all things in control, and we just want him to guide us in our lives, no matter what that means, no matter what path it takes us on, as long as it is the narrow path that we're on. So yes, as we're approaching this holy day, this set-apart day, you know, you can probably expect to deal with some spiritual attacks. The adversary definitely does not want you to participate in this time. He wants you to be deceived and to be celebrating the other day that many believers do celebrate that's coming up as well. But we know that is not the set-apart time. It's not even mentioned in the Bible, but yet Passover is mentioned hundreds of times. We know that the Messiah himself was doing it. So, of course, we want to follow in his footsteps and do it as he said. So, yes, we will definitely be keeping everyone in prayer during this week, lifting them up, praying that the Father protect us all and that the spiritual attacks, the flaming arrows, whatever it may be, are extinguished before they can reach us. And he will glorify and just be so thrilled that we are putting our effort into this time that he has commanded us to do for all generations as an everlasting covenant, just as the Shabbat. These are his Moedim, his set-apart days. Let's see. And that's right. My wife is saying here, the attacks are confirmation. We are on the right track. The adversary hates our obedience. Amen. That is so true. And that's why sometimes it's not always easy to look at these attacks as a blessing. But I really try to say, tell myself even, that persecution is a blessing because it confirms that we are being obedient, that we are living righteously according to His commandments that He has commanded us to do, and we're pleasing Him. So don't always look at it as a negative thing, but as a blessing and a confirmation. Exactly. That is so true. Shalom, Sue. Great to see you. Hope you had a great Shabbat. We watched your testimony the other day, and it was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. A lot of courage and bravery to do those things. And we implore anyone that's wanting to share their testimony to reach out to us so that they can share on our program Torah Testimony, sharing how you came to this path through the difficult walk we call life. And each walk is different. Each person is different. And we just want that to be lifted up to the Father, giving Him the glory for it. Also to be an encouragement to others that are going through similar things, that are struggling, maybe not even having a relationship with the Father, just needing some hope and knowing that there was hope for you. Well, there could be hope for me too. And so please do reach out if you'd like to share your story. So far, the ones that have been shared have been wonderful, extremely powerful and uplifting. And so we're excited uh, to have some future shows coming up. Got some good comments this morning. Fear not, Messiah says. Peace be still. And anytime we are in the storm, whether it be physically or spiritually, we just need to keep those words in mind that even though the disciples were fearing their life, they thought it was about to be the end, Messiah was sleeping peacefully and woke up and calmed the storms with just a word. And so he is in control. Let him be in control of your life, leading you and guiding you in each step, each action, each word that you speak 
is so important. It's like that ripple effect. We don't always know exactly what our actions or words will do, but they have an effect. They will ripple down. And so we want to make sure that everything we say and do is meaningful and full of love, not hate. All right. We have lots of comments. Thank you, everybody, for being here this morning. We've also got Amanda. Great to see you. And Judy, welcome and shalom. Yeah, everybody's got their coffee. That's good. I'm still enjoying mine as well. Nice French press. Yeah, we do the Keurig. It's a little easy, but uh, we do have a French press that we have used. Sometimes when we camp and stuff, we enjoy doing it that way which I am excited for some camping that that weather and season is upon us. So we're looking forward to spending some time out in creation and enjoying the beauty of nature that Yah made for us and for him. All right, Brooke, great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Blessings to you all. Yeah, the story of the storm. It's a very common thing, and I think as we just go through life, it, it keeps repeating, and we can kind of evaluate and connect our various circumstances and situations to storms, and uh, it's just a wonderful thing to realize how the Word is living. The Word was alive and is alive, and just because you've read it once doesn't mean it's going to be the same. It's going to constantly evolve and change depending on your circumstances, where you are in your walk, uh, what you're going through. And so it's so important to continue as often as you can to read the scriptures and just let them speak to you in that current time. All right, so let's get going. I'm going to start off <clears throat> with a prayer that Lee shared this morning in the Telegram groups. I don't always get to share these, so when she, when I am on live and she's got one, I like to share that, <clears throat> excuse me, just to start off our message. <clears throat> she says, praise you, Yahuwah, praise you for your blessings and provisions. Yahuwah, you are worthy of all praise and glory with singing, dancing, and shouting. Hallelujah, we thank you, Father, for making a way in the wilderness, for splitting the seas, that block our escape for the lamb that saved the world. Messiah, you covered us in salvation. You cleansed us while white as snow. You dipped our robes in the blood that saves. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you of our circumcised hearts and obedience to the world, to the words given in the beginning. You give us the bread that never stops sustaining us and the living water that springs forth endlessly. Let us embrace one another, lift up one another, and be thankful for each life that you chose to save. Let us walk in your humbleness and fiercely love you like you have loved all, even to our own destruction if necessary. Holy, holy, holy are you. We love you, Yahuwah, Yahusha, and the Ruach HaKodesh. And bless you now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Such beautiful prayers. We love all the prayers. We have a prayer team 
We're so thankful for all the prayer warriors that lift up the daily and weekly concerns, the needs of all the different people within our fellowship. Those emailing in, we do have a prayer team, uh, a prayer email. I'll share all that. I'll actually just go ahead and share it while I'm talking about it so I don't forget. If you do ever need prayer requests, prayer concerns, praise reports, if your prayers have been answered, we would love to hear that as well so that we can give Yah the glory and praise for that. Email us at prayer at fieryfaithministries.com. We have someone assigned to each day of the week that lifts the prayers up, that covers you in prayer. We've seen some wonderful things happening lately, and we're just giving Yah the glory for it, the credit for it. But we know there is power in prayer, and so we want to lift up everyone's needs. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Just please reach out, and we will be glad to lift up your needs to the Father. And we know that if we are pleasing to Him, living obediently, our prayers are a sacrifice, an offering to Him that is pleasing to Him. And so we know that He will provide what we need. And that's been a a reoccurring topic this week and in weeks past even with the Torah portions. Uh, it has really been eye-opening to go back through some of these portions. Sometimes Leviticus can get a little repetitive. Uh, I know the last couple of portions have repeated themselves a little bit, but there's been slight differences throughout. But it is so important just learning that if we're not living according to His will and His word and His commands, he may not hear our prayers. He may not receive them. We want to make sure that our prayers are received, that are a sweet incense to his nostrils, that he can hear and grant our prayers. And so it is important. There's many reasons why they are not heard. And if we're not living according to his commands, we are in uh, risk of that happening. So making sure that we are living according to his will with brothers and sisters, that there's no issues between us. We must resolve all conflict with one another. We talked about that as well. It's so important. If there is a wrong that's been done between you and a brother, you must make things right. Yah even says it's more important to fix that between a brother before you offer up an offering to him. So we still have some time. Passover is approaching quickly. It's that time where we need to remove the leaven, remove the anger, remove the, the grudges, whatever it is that's lingering inside of you, that's festering, that's causing you to not be full of the Ruach, to not leave that vessel clean, full of Him. We need to make sure that we're purging out what we can while we have time. All right. So I've got quite a few different readings to share today. As the week passes, I glance through various translations, different Torah schedules, and I sometimes will pick and choose what I feel fits good for our reading. Uh, I don't necessarily know why some have particular books versus the other. I'm still trying to learn that myself and figure out uh, where the Torah schedule kind of was created, how it was come about, and why they do vary. But I like to just include them all. If they're relevant to our, our portion, 
I like to read them all. And of course, we can't go wrong with reading scripture. That's the one thing we can rely on to trust in. And so what a blessing it is. Anytime we can read the word, each time we do, we can apply it to our lives in a new way, glean from it and, and become better from it as well. So these are going to be our readings today. We're going to start in the half Torah with Jeremiah 7, verses 21, all the way through chapter 8, verse 3. And then also a quick jump to chapter 9, verses 22 and 24. We're also going to be reading out of Malachi chapter 3, 4, through chapter 4, 6, the very end of the Old Testament. And then the Besorah is coming from Matthew 9, 13 through 25, and Hebrews 7, 23 through chapter 8, 6. And this is week 24, Sav, and what a really incredible portion it was. Just discussing the offerings, the sacrifices. You know, there is a order to how Yah commanded his people to do this. Certain things had to take place. Certain things were not allowed to be given as an offering. Uh, certain pieces of the animal were commanded to be removed. Um, very strategic, and there was a reason for it all. And we know that now the great and final sacrifice, the offering for all of us, was our Messiah, Yahusha. And we're just so thankful that he gave of himself for all of us to wipe us wipe our sins white as snow, clean us. And as we approach this time, this week is when he was crucified and gave himself for all of our sins. So what a remembrance to lift him up and to thank him on a daily basis for what he did for all of us. So starting out in Jeremiah, I'm just going to give you a little brief overview real quick, and then we'll get into the scriptures Yahuwah tells the prophet Jeremiah to rebuke the Israelite people, saying that his primary intention in taking their forefathers out of Egypt wasn't the sacrificial offerings, rather in order that they would observe the commandments. But despite the fact that Yahuwah repeatedly sent prophets to urge the people to repent, they did not. They did not obey, nor did they incline their ear but walked according to their own counsels and in the view of their evil hearts. And they went backwards, not forwards. Yahuwah further informed Jeremiah that the people would also not hearken to the words that he spoke to them. We can see throughout this Torah portion, it emphasizes the sacrifice, especially the animal sacrifice, as a means of worship. But we'll see in this half Torah, it reminds us that animal sacrifices is only but a means to obtain closeness to Yahuwah, not Yahuwah's ultimate desire. He ultimately desires us, our obedience, our prayers are now the sacrifice that we can lift up to Him. That is a pleasing incense to Him. And so we want to do everything in our power to please Him. And that is what this portion really goes over. So let's get on into it. My page disappeared. Let me get it pulled back up. 
There we go. All right. So we're going to start with Jeremiah 7.21. Thus says Yahuwah of hosts, Yahuwah Sevaoth, the Elohim of Israel, add your ascending offerings to your slaughterings and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim about matters of ascending offerings or slaughterings. But this word I did command them, saying, Obey my voice, and I shall be your Elohim, and you be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, so that it will be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in the councils, in the stubbornness of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Times have not changed. We can see that we are living just like this, where people are going backwards, not forwards. They're focused on their desires, on their flesh, on what the evil world is offering up. We are not, as a whole world of people, not obeying his voice, not harking his commandments being obedient to him. And so just because this was thousands of years ago doesn't mean it's not relevant now. History repeats itself. And honestly, I don't think it's really ever changed. It's always been this way. People have always been disobedient. People will always be disobedient. They put themselves first over the Father. And so that is one way that we can be set apart. We don't want to be of the world. We don't want to live in the wickedness that the world relishes in. We need to be set apart, obeying his voice, his commandments, obeying the word made flesh from the beginning until the end, the olive top. Chapter, I'm sorry, verse 25. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Mitzrayim until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them, but they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did evil more than their fathers. So it's just progressing. It's getting worse and worse. And I can definitely feel that with our, with our world these days. It just seems like it's compounding. It's like a giant snowball that's just rolling down the mountain, gaining steam, getting bigger and bigger. You know, it's, it's, just a difficult place to live in, but we know that we've got to be set apart. There is still time for repentance, for people to change and turn from their wicked ways. So we need to be that light on the hill so that they can see us shining bright, obeying the word, obeying the commands of Yah that he has told us to for an everlasting covenant for all generations. It didn't end when Messiah came it didn't end when he was crucified on the cross. He only fulfilled it. He did not nail it and rebuke it or destroy it. He fulfilled the words. And so we need to be honoring all of these laws that were given to the forefathers, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moshe. And you shall speak all these words to them, though they do not listen to you. And you shall also call to them, though they do not answer you. But you shall say to them, This is a nation.
that did not obey the voice of Yahuwah, their Elohim, nor did they accept instruction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Cut off your hair and throw it away and take up a lamentation on the bare heights for Yahuwah has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. You know, these were prophets. These were men of God, men of Yahuwah that were speaking the truth, that were being spoken to by the Father himself. And these people were not listening to them. So as we are out in the world trying to speak the truth with family or friends or strangers or people on YouTube that we've never met before, not everybody is going to receive that. Not everybody is going to like it, agree with it, want to follow it. We just have to understand that this has been going on for since the beginning. And, you know, not to say that we can't be prophets ourselves. We want to hear that still small voice from the Father. But we are just children of Yah, wanting to obey His word, wanting to be set apart, wanting to be obedient to Him. And so all we can do is live righteously, live by an example for others to see, that they can see and take in the good fruits that we have to offer. Let me share a comment real quick from Amanda. She says, this should make sense to every parent. We desire our children's hearts, but when they stray, we allow them to make amends. Extra chores, for example. That's right. The Father never forsakes us. He will always love us, just like a parent does. Of course, there needs to be discipline, uh, but we need to approach that with love. Uh, and we can see the Father loves us all, no matter how far we have strayed. He desires us. He desires our return. Uh, one of my favorite parables is the prodigal son. You know, he took his riches, went into the world, lived life to the fullest, and lost it all. And when he came back running home, his father welcomed him in open arms and gave him the best that he had, even though he had already taken up his inheritance. That's exactly what the Father and our Messiah is wanting for us. He's wanting us to come back to him, to run back to the Father. It's just such a beautiful story. And so we can all probably relate one way or another to that parable, whether we've been the prodigal son or we have children that are the prodigal son. It's such a powerful lesson, and we are just called to return to Him, repent, sit your sins down, and return not to them. Walk away and step away from the world. Return to His glory. Andrea says, I have such a heart for the prodigals and pray for them often. We all more than likely have some in our tribes. Amen. You know, and it, time is not over. There is still time. We just have to be the example and pray that Yahuwah softens their hearts, brings them back to Him, shows them the truth, whether it be through a trial or just an example. We were there possibly once ourselves. We have all walked a tough path. And we just have to know that Yahuwah has a plan and he wants all of his children to return. And he will do everything he can in his power to make that happen. 
So sometimes it's just not the right timing, but we have to be praying and intervening on their behalf until then. All right, picking up in Jeremiah 7, verses 30. For the children of Yehuda have done what is evil in my eyes, declares Yahuwah. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name to defile it. And they have built the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. You know, is this referring to passing your children through the fire to Molech? We see a lot of this happening right now with the children and certain agendas that are being pushed. We have got to stand up for what is right and what the Father forbids and calls an abomination. And as these times get more difficult, we're going to have to get more courage to stand strong in the face of the adversary. Therefore see, the days are coming, declares Yahuwah, when it shall no longer be called Topheth, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, for they shall bury in Topheth until no room is left, and the corpses of, the, of this people shall be food for the birds of the heavens and for the beasts of the earth with none to frighten them away. And in the cities of Yehuda and in the streets of Jerusalem, I shall make to cease the voice of rejoicing and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall become a waste or wasteland. Chapter 8. At that time, declares Yahuwah, they shall bring the bones of the sovereigns of Yehuda and the bones of its heads, and the bones of the priest, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, out of their burial sites, and shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the hosts of the heavens, which they have loved, and which they have served, and after which they have walked, which they have sought, and to which they have bowed themselves. They shall not be gathered, nor buried, they shall be for dung on the face of the earth, and the death shall be preferred to life by all rest of those who remain of this evil people, who remain in all the places where I have driven them, declares Yahuwah Sevaoth. You know, we know the time is coming, destruction, the wrath of Yah, the judgment will pour down on the earth. The heavens will open up and the lands will be made desolate. The people, the wicked will be destroyed. We have to be living in accordance to his word, his will, his commands. We don't want to see this destruction on our own lives, in our family. It is coming. We don't know the time or the hour, but why would we want to wait? Why would we want to wait till the last minute where then there may not be a chance to make amends, to repent, to turn from our ways? We don't want to be living in sin. We don't want to be a part of the world. We can see that even though it may be shiny and full of wealth and other things, 
That is a false sense of joy, of happiness. It does not bring true shalom in your life. We want an everlasting life in heaven, not in the burning fires, the burning lake of Gehinnom. And really, this is just a waiting point. Our true home is in heaven. This is a temporary place. Just a few, just a second, even less than that, in comparison to the bigger picture, to what eternity beholds. We want to be living our days in glory, worshiping the Father, not crying out in torment and pain and suffering. That's the thing. We may have to suffer for a little while on this earth, but the greater reward is in heaven. So don't lose, don't be distracted by the joys and uh, the wealth of this world because it will soon fade away. And what will end up being your reward will be everlasting torment. So we have to make sure that we are living a righteous lifestyle, pleasing to the Father, so that we can be allowed into His gates to be called a good and faithful servant to Him. That's right. Amanda says, there is zero good reasons to wait. Don't wait. All right. I think we have a little bit more. Okay, now that was that actually it for chapter 8. So I just wanted to share a few verses from chapter 9, 22 through 24. You know, that portion was pretty tough and full of prophecy of the end times, of the destruction, how our land will be made desolate, that the animals will be feasting on the bones and the dead bodies of the wicked. So this portion right here brings a little bit of hope and light. And I just wanted to share this as well as part of the half Torah. It says, speak, thus declares Yahuwah, the corpses of men shall fall as dung on the face of the field, like cuttings after the reaper, with none to gather them. Thus says Yahuwah, let not the wise boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty boast in his might. Let not the rich boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahuwah, doing loving commitment, right ruling and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight declares Yahuwah. Boast in the Father. Boast in our Messiah. That is what we need to be proud of, being a proud follower, a proud child of Him, of theirs. Not what we have on this earth, not what we've made for ourselves, what we've earned, what we've written, what we've done, what we've been awarded. None of that. None of our knowledge even. Our knowledge comes from Him. I hope that I can continue to gain more knowledge of His Word. That's the only real knowledge I want. I pray for His wisdom and His discernment. Because as these times grow darker, more difficult, we are going to have to rely 
on the knowledge that he gives us. And all the knowledge is within these scriptures. Everything we need to know. We don't need to rely on man, on their doctrine, on the government, or what any of the leaders of the world have to say. It's full of fear and worry. And most of it is lies. And it is deceived from the adversary. He is the master of all deception. He's had plenty of time to learn how to lie, to be cunning, and to make sure that people are confused and not knowing the difference between the truth and deception. But the one way to know what the truth is, the way to shine the light on the truth, is within the Word. The Word made flesh. Our Messiah, He is the lamp unto our feet, unto that narrow path that we are trying to walk. Andrea says here, seeing Yah's dominion over all is freeing me from any attraction to this world. Amen. You know, it's all smoke and mirrors. The world has a lot to offer. They wrap it up real nice and pretty and put a bow on it. But inside, we know, is nothing but death and destruction. And so put your trust in Him. Put your worries at the cross. He will provide everything that we need. And we need to trust that He will guide us each and every day, no matter what comes our way. We have hope and everlasting life through Him. All right, let's jump over into the other portion, Malachi chapter 3. As we finish up the Old Testament, these are the last scriptures of the Old Testament. Starting in 3 verse 4. Then shall the offering of Yehuda and Jerusalem be pleasant to Yahuwah, as in the days of old, as in former years. And I shall draw near to you for right ruling, and I shall be a swift witness against the practicers of witchcraft, and against idolaters, and against them that swear to falsehood, and against those who oppress the wage earner in his wages, and widows, and the fatherless, and those who turn away a sojourner, and do not fear me, says Yahuwah of Yahuwah Sevaoth. For I am Yahuwah, I shall not change, and you, O sons of Yaakov, shall not come to an end. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my laws, and did not guard them. Turn back to me, and I shall turn back to you, says Yahuwah Sevaoth. But you said, In what shall we turn back? Would a man rob Elohim? Yet you are robbing me. But you said, In what have we robbed you? In the tithe and the offering? You have cursed me with a curse, for you are robbing me, this nation, of all of it. Bring all the tithes in to the storehouse, and let there be food in my house. And please prove me in this, says Yahuwah Sevaoth, whether I do not open for you the windows of the heavens, and shall pour out for you boundless blessing. There is a boundless blessing to be given to his children, to those set apart peculiar people, that have the sign of Yahuwah. We know throughout the scripture 
how to obtain that sign, the things that he says to command, to guard, to uphold for an everlasting covenant. We need to make sure that we are living those ways. Verse 11, And I shall rebuke the devourer for you, so that it does not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor does the vine fall to bear fruit, fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says Yahuwah Sevaoth. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, said Yahuwah Sevaoth. Your words have been strong against me, says Yahuwah, but you have said, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is worthless to serve Elohim. And what did we gain when we guarded his charge and when we walked as mourners before Yahuwah Sevaoth? And now we are calling the proud blessed. Not only are the doers of wrongness built up, but they also try Elohim and escape. Then shall those who fear Yahuwah speak to one another, and Yahuwah listens and hears, and a book of remembrance be written before Yahuwah of those who fear Yahuwah and those who think upon his name. And they shall be mine, says Yahuwah Sevaoth, on the day that I prepare a treasured possession, and I shall spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again see the difference between the righteous and the wrong, between one who serves Elohim and one who does not serve Elohim. We want it to be obvious. We want people to see it on us, to know that we are serving our Father, the Elohim of heaven, not serving the world and what it's offering. Chapter 4, the last six verses of the Old Testament. For look, the day shall come, burning like a furnace, and all the proud and every wrongdoer shall be stubble. And the day that shall come shall burn them up, says Yahuwah Sevaoth, which leaves to them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and leap for joy like calves from the stall. And you shall trample the wrongdoers, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says Yahuwah Sevaoth. Remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant, which I commanded him in Horab, for all Israel, laws and right rulings. See, I am sending you, Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and awesome day of Yahuwah. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with utter destruction." It's amazing that within these last verses, remember the Torah of Moshe. And yet many believe that the New Testament writings are something new. That we have done away with the law, the law of Moshe. 
Maybe it's because translations have removed the word Torah completely and replaced it with the word law. And it doesn't have the same meaning. We know the Torah is the law, the law of Yahuwah. It is the instructions. The Torah is the word made flesh. Our Messiah that was born a man, that lived a perfect life, that obeyed the Torah completely and perfectly and died for our sins so that we could have everlasting life. He did not abolish it. He fulfilled it. He lived it perfectly. And so we, if we are wanting to live an example of Him, if we're wanting to live like He did, we know that we need to live the Torah. That's right, Sue. Yah never changes. He would have not created all those laws just to do away with them. He fulfilled them. He made them better. He expanded upon them. I think many of the laws, he applied it to the heart. It used to be more of a physical act, a physical law. But he, Messiah, he applied that law to the heart, the inward parts of us, to where we have a greater responsibility to uphold these laws. He made it actually more difficult. And in a way, he expanded upon it. But there is greatness within that. And we're just so thankful to know the truth, to know that these were not done away with, that we are to still uphold them. And what a blessing it has been ever since our eyes were opened to that truth. And we're just trying to relay that message to others because we were once in that spot as well. We don't want people to be deceived. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want them to have been lied to through religion and through man doctrine. We want the truth to be revealed. That's what we're doing here is just speaking the truth, speaking the word, and hoping that those listening and watching have eyes and ears ready to be opened. So to finish this up, the one last promise made in this book is the appearance of Elijah in order to bring some of the people Back to repentance. We see, we saw that in Malachi 4, 5, and 6. This is the last time Yahuwah's voice will be heard for the next 400 years until the arrival of John the Baptist, Yehokanon. And we can see that in Malachi 3, verse 1. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And Adonai, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, says Yahuwah Sevaoth. Such awesome scriptures. I, I don't always read Malachi, and so I'm so thankful that we got to dig into this a little bit today. I want to start from the beginning. It's just four chapters should be a, a pretty quick read, but some very powerful and important words for us to all hear. Just because they were spoken or written thousands of years ago, they are everlasting. They are for now just as much as they were then. Andrea says, discovering the Torah written on our heart is a glorious thing. Amen. And we need to be meditating on it day and night. 
in our hearts, in our hand, in our just loving it with our heart, mind, and soul, letting it create a circumcised heart, a heart of flesh, removing any stone of a heart that we used to have. All right, we're going to get through Matthew and then Hebrews, and we'll finish it up for today. Matthew 9, starting in 18. While he spoke these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hand upon her, and she shall live. And Yahusha arose and followed him, and so did his Talmudim. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the zitzit of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Yahushua turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Yahushua came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. I just love the story of the woman with the bleeding issue. She had the faith knowing that if she could only reach out and touch him, not even asking for his help, just touching his zitzit, that she could be cleansed, that she could be healed. That faith alone healed her. And that's what we need to have. We need to have faith in the belief that we can be healed of our iniquities, of our sins, of our disease, whatever is plaguing us in our lives, whether it be physical or spiritual, maybe even mental, we need to believe and have the faith that the Father can perform those miracles even on us, healing us by our faith alone. And to finish it up in Hebrews 7, starting in 23. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continues ever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto Elohim by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once he when he offered up himself. Talking about our Messiah. He is the king. He is the priest. For the law makes men high priests which have infirmity, but by the word of the oath, which was since the Torah, the Son is consecrated forevermore. Now, of the things which have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty 
in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which Yahuwah pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the Torah, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moshe was admonished of Elohim when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount. But now he has a, or obtained a more excellent ministry, but how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. You know, he fulfilled that covenant. We no longer have to offer up animal sacrifices to atone for our sins. The perfect unblemished lamb, the final sacrifice, the Passover lamb, was crucified for us, for all of our sins. And we are made priests. We are to continue to give of our offerings, of our prayers, our fleshly desires, give them up so that that can be an offering. We don't need to be living in the world, dwelling in the desires of the flesh. Fast and let the offering be made to the Father. Good morning, Betty. Glad you joined us. Great to see you all. Thank you all for joining. We do pray that you have a blessed week, that this Passover is cleansing and healing for you, that you can grow closer to the Father, that your relationship can be fulfilled, can be restored wherever you are in your walk. We just pray that the Father is intervening in your life, that He is showing you the true path to repentance, to salvation. We encourage each and every one of you to read your scriptures daily so that we can learn and know how to live righteously and according to Him, and that our, our lifestyle can be a pleasant, pleasing offering to Him. Shalom and blessings all. We look forward to this week. We will be doing some various readings uh, as well, so stay tuned. Join our Telegram. Subscribe to our YouTube so you can stay up to date with all of our various shows. I believe Lee will be in the morning with her morning manna. So we just look forward to the word and message that the Father puts on our hearts. Go out there and be a light in this dark world. Let others know why you are celebrating Passover, the Pesach meal that we're commanded to do. Encourage others to do the same and be an example, just like the Messiah was for all of us. Shalom and blessings.